When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, well, we're sitting down at the Texas High School Coaches Association Coaching School, and I'm with Darby House, head football coach at Petite High School. Coach, it's great to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what Coach does with a focus on the player and in learning a little bit about what they do. It's a concept where they're going to do things that are, are simple, and that their players can do, and they're, they're going to make it harder on themselves as coaches than it is on the players as far as all the things that you have to learn and do. So um, let's start off with uh, really what your culture is built around, and I know a big part of that, as you told me, is the weight room. Uh, yeah, so uh, first and foremost is the weight room for us. We're in there, you know, the season ends, and we'll probably be in there for about nine weeks straight, you know, including Christmas, you know, except Christmas break. But uh you know, five days a week, we just, you know, we get after it. We have a few breaks in there, a few fun days, things like that. But, you know, you, you build a lot in the weight room. You know, you not only strength and toughness, but discipline. You know, if you do it the right way, you can, you know, you can build your whole program through the weight room. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of what we've made a living on. You know, Poteet, you know, we, we've got great kids that will run through a wall for you, but you're not taking a kid that runs a 4.8 and turning them into a 4.4 in the off season. But I can take a kid who squats 315 and make him squat 450 by the year's over. And we've done that. Not every kid, but we have you have kids that can do that. And, and, and when you buy into the weight room and you buy in the way things are done and run it properly and, and command discipline and do the right things, you know, our program has, has made a complete 180 since we've done that. And in our first year, you know, we were thrown into the job at Poteet and – it was, you know, July. I think we, we were there for a week before we came to coaching school, maybe. And, uh, you know, that was that was our big thing. We just had to get disciplined. And we knew, we just, me and Coach Valerio, my D.C., uh, you know, we both kept saying we just got to get to an offseason, got to get to an offseason, get to an off. And, the, and, you know, once we hit it, you know, things steadily started climbing up the right way for us here at Poteet. And, uh, and, and it's a big factor is that's the weight room. The weight room solves a lot. Uh, you can't always control the type of guy you have. We'd all love to have an offensive line that goes six four, six five across the board and, you know, 280 pounds and they can run and they're strong and they're smart. And, but it's high school football. And so a lot of times, you know, we have guys who are 
six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds, or six foot two hundred five, but can they're strong and they're athletic and they can do the things we ask them to do. You know, our prime example of that is our our defensive tackles. They're probably two of our stronger points in our defense this past year, and and they average if you put them on top of each other and average their height, they're probably five five if if that. Never got pushed around, but they were two of our smarter, hard nosed, hard working kids. And, and did everything you asked, played with leverage, could split a double team, drop to the knee, split it. I mean, they did everything you asked, kept those linemen off our linebackers. And, I mean, it's just things like that that, that we feel, you know, is learned in the weight room. You know, the, all the little things you can gain from, the, you know, you know, finishing every rep. You know, the big thing we do is we split up all my coaches. You know, one's, you know one or two is at every station. Mm-hmm. And... It's not there just to sit back and talk. You know, I don't, I don't really allow. Not that I don't, but say that. But we don't, as a coaching staff. I don't have to say it. We just, we're on our kids because that's why we're here. You know, we're coaching our kids. That's the fun part. Getting them better. Getting them body in. Making sure everybody's getting to the right depth. Doing the right thing. And uh, you know, it helps when you have a great staff, which is is what we have in Poteet is is a great coaching staff. And so. That's kind of our big thing. And so in 2018, you take over a program that's 0-10. What were the challenges at that time to get these guys moving in the right direction? And, and you guys have moved in the right direction in 2021, going 10-2 and 18-5 and over your time there. So what's been the key from taking them from a time when they certainly were down with their level of play to where they're at right now? You know, the big thing – you know, part of that was, like I said, the discipline part. You know, we'd go into games and we'd have, you know, I think we before before I pulled the trigger, I think we would have, you know, have four personal fouls, you know, just dumb penalties a game, and then I just scrapped it and and started playing freshmen, started playing younger guys, and we took from, you know, kind of getting beat badly to now we're in games and now we're in ball games, and I'm gonna be honest, some of the best coaching that that I feel like I've ever done was in that 0-10 year. I mean, I coached my rear end off and tried to find ways to score points because we weren't disciplined, we weren't tough, and we still – we had a game next week. And I hate losing more than anybody, so I'm going to coach as hard as I can. Whereas, you know, this year, not that I didn't coach any different, but I knew what we had, I knew what we could do. And it's 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 been a fun ride, and it's been fun to watch and watch the development of our kids. You know, heck, we closed the weight room Monday and Tuesday because we're coming here, and I've – not really, but it feels like I'm getting death threats from our kids, you know. <laughs> Just leave keys under the mat. We'll be there. We'll be fine. You know, it's it, – but that's the mentality and the basis that we've had is our kids, they – we've conditioned them to love the weight room. And it's a fun atmosphere, and it's it's what builds discipline in your program. Definitely. And you, you mentioned there, you said it this way, you pulled the trigger on it. And, you know, when, when you are struggling, uh, one, I agree, I've been there. I've had those years where – um, we didn't have a whole lot of talent or we were incredibly young and you become a better coach that year you do have to coach in a way that you never had it's easy when you have talent it is yeah and but you said we we pulled the trigger right that you made a commitment that we are going to do it this way and in, in looking at that now looking back at it how big was that decision well you know it was it was huge because at the time I think we were playing one freshman He's our linebacker, turned into a four-year starter. Um, and uh, he's signed to go play at uh, Sol Ross now. But, you know, at that then we turned in from that one, then we turned into playing six other ones. 
you know, and, and that this year they were all seniors. And those seven were the leaders of our team from, from that point on till they graduated. And, you know, it also and, – and it, it makes a statement that I'm not – and I, and all the kids know I'm not a play, afraid to play a freshman. We did it this year. Uh, he was our third leading tackler. He's an outside linebacker, heck of a football player. He's going to lead our team for three more years. I'm not afraid to play the best player. And when you do that, and I did that so early, it kind of made the older kids realize, well, if we don't work, because I, I tell everybody, if it's a senior and a freshman and you're close, I'm going to play the freshman because I've got four years left of him. So if you want that job, you've got to go earn it and outright and not give it away. And it, it's benefited us in that mentality and that aspect where it pushes everybody. No one's ever complacent because your job can get lost in the shuffle. And it's not a knock on kids or seniors or I hate to, it's – I'm going to play the best player, mm-hmm. and I don't care who it is. Well, hey, those, those are some tough times. When yeah. you do make those moves like that, they certainly aren't popular moves. No. And uh, I'm sure you had to deal with some things. So uh, I know a lot of guys face those situations. What's your advice to be able to stay focused, stay the course, and deal with some of the noise that you're going to get from that? You know, ultimately it comes down to as long as you have the kid's best interest at heart, you know, those things will take care of themselves. Now, I'm also fortunate I've got a great administrative team. I've got a great superintendent. Everybody's behind me. And so I can make that, I could have made, I can make that move knowing confidently he's going to have my back because he believes I have the best interest of the kids at heart, which I do. And that was kind of where, you know, navigating through that, it made it so much easier because I knew going into those parent meetings when little Johnny had to sit because, you know, he threw his helmet and he's not going to play two games because he threw his helmet because he doesn't know how to act and control his emotions, you know, mom's going to – I'm going to sit there and tell mom that this is what's best for Johnny and for our football team. And that's kind of – but it all comes back to your administration. Yeah, definitely. If you don't have a great admin, you know, you, you may not make it through that year. Right, right. To reap the benefits. Well, another interesting approach is how you look at – the way that you are going to simplify this game for your players. And I think the way you said it is we're going to make it harder on us as coaches than it is going to be on the players. So I'm going to start with something simple here. And you're an 11 personnel team, and I do think this is I think this is a great idea. Uh, talk to us about the way that you guys get in formations. So we, we started this two years ago, and I started realizing our H-back, our H-back we asked him to do a whole bunch. Sometimes he's a tight end, he's an H, he's a receiver, he can be a running back. He's one of your better athletes, but sometimes that's just too much on a kid. Heck, that's too much on adults sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we split it up, and we have our signals to everybody else and signals to him. We tell him where to line up, what to do, how to do it. And the other thing I realized we did is if we tell him what to do, we cut our formations down to two other than his for the kids. Because we keep our outside receivers on the same side, and we only really flip our slot. So now he, our slot and everybody else needs to know right and left pretty much. And our H, we tell him he's going to line up in a slot on the right or slot on the left or H on the right, H on the left, tight end. We can tell him where it is and just tell him. And so he doesn't need to learn, you know, twins right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All these long ten names, we just tell him right and left, and he lines up there and knows what to do. And we tell him exactly what to do, actually. We, we break it down simple enough for him because that's such a position 
where it's so hard because he is a lineman, a running back, a receiver, and instead of having three people do it, we can do it with one by just simplifying his job. Now, it makes it hard on coaches because I'm not changing how I call the play. I call the play the same way as I used to. But so our coach has to take what I have, digest it, tell our kid what to do and where to go. You know, and that's how we make it hard on coaches, easy on kids is, you know, we've simplified it because, you know, and when I played in college, heck, half the time I didn't know what formation we were in. I mean, hell, I was the quarterback and I couldn't tell you the difference. We had Rip and Rake and Ray and Lay and, and River and Riley and, you know, just all these R confusing. names and yeah. you're like, <laughs> and, you know, you're trying to run no huddle and you're stopping having to think what Rip is. And, you know, that was kind of my big thing is how can I make this easier? And, and that was the easiest way we could do it. You know? Yeah. And, and we simplified our O-line has their own calls. So we signal to the O-line. We signal to the skill. So our O-line, we can tell them to run, hey, go run counter right, and we're throwing the ball. They don't need to know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. you know. Or the versa, we're going to throw a drop back. We'll give them a call for a drop back instead of making them learn that what a drop back sounds like. Right. So now every week they got to learn if that's the new run play or a new pass play. Now they just know, uh, hey, it's pass bro. You know, and that's that's kind of our big thing is how can I make it, you know, it, when we put something in, how can we make it easy on the kids? Because yeah. I really don't care if it's hard on the coaches. It, that's exactly it. When you go to something like a no huddle, uh, you know, looking at me, I mean, I, I was somebody who grew up in, in the huddle era where you called everything and every, everything had a name and meant something. And, you know, we moved to, you know, wristbands initially there. And I learned kind of from the kids that you could think about this differently now. And it, I remember the moment we, we decided, you know, for the situation we had, I remember being late in the game and, you know, we we're trying to milk the clock and we're standing out there in our formation forever. And I'm like, why are we letting the defense just make their adjustments in a critical situation like this? So we're going to huddle in that situation. So the next week, you know, practice, we had the huddle. And our guys are used to looking off the wristband to get their calls, and the quarterback calls a play in the huddle, and everybody looks at each other like, what did he just say? Mm -hmm. uh, They're used to reading it. They're not used to hearing it. I said, you know what, guys? Get in the huddle. We'll signal it in. in. (laughs) So you want to screw us up? Make our quarterback call a play in the huddle. Nobody knows what's going on. And and the line has no clue. Now the skill will know, but the H doesn't know. And that's kind of where we – you know, that's part of my thing is, like, even in scrimmages, we don't huddle in scrimmages. And then when we do huddle, we do exactly what you said. We signal still. So we just stand back there together, look over, get a signal. Quarterback goes, everybody got it? Yes. All right, ready, break, let's go. And there's no talking, yeah. you know. And that's the funny part, but that's exactly what we do because we would get so confused. And and even when we do our jumbo stuff and our heavy stuff, yeah. we signal it. Yeah. Because now we line up in a huddle and we've done the old school – you know, kind of wing T stuff where you scream the line and snap the ball or whatever, but we still signal it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking the same thing. Like, we'd be lost. <laughs> Everybody be looking at each other like, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, it's ultimately, it's about making it about the kids, making it yes. about the learner, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter how much you know or how well you could do it or that you understand it better because you're not playing the game. They're the guys who have to do it. And so, the, you know, always keeping them in mind when you put things together, I think you can't go wrong, right, in, yes. in, in any situation, whether that's offense or defense or special teams. You know, 
when you can figure out this is the way these guys will learn it best, that's the way to that's do it. That's what we do. Oh yeah, and that's and it, and it trickles down to to everything we do. You and that's it's funny, you know, we get a new coach in, and you know they think we only run five pass concepts, which is true technically. Those, but then we've got ten tags off of it because it's easier to add a tag than it is yeah. to teach a whole new concept. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to run smash, so we're going to run a smash concept. Oh, but I really want to run scissors. Well, instead of tagging it, I'm going to – or calling scissors, I'm going to tag smash with the, the X runner and a post. Right. Hey, now we have scissors. And, you know, it's – now I'm teaching one person, the quarterback, instead of everybody. Exactly. Which yeah. – and ideally your quarterback is the person that can digest all of that. Right. Ideally. I've been there. Well, I think in, in, in football, when you sit down and look at things – you know, I was telling you about how we looked at our formation system to simplify that we had X, Y, and Z lined up in these same places all the time, yet they had to know 15 different words to line up in that exact same place. You know, same thing you're saying there in the in the passing game. We, we went through the same exercise. Like, you know, on all these plays, this guy runs a corner. So, and, and these guys over here are, are doing certain things, or we could tag it. You know, why come up with all these different names, right? We did the same thing. We took what basically was like 10 concepts and boiled it down to five. And then the way we put it together structurally allowed us pretty much to do anything. Exactly. And that's, that's the same thing we do. I can get to pretty much any concept with just our base, you know, right. the base, you know, base high lows, which is basically what all concepts are in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So. Well, I know another thing you do that's interesting is um, what you call the a scoop and, and pull. And so there's a lot of variations of the, the wide zone, outside zone play and the ways that you can do it. Um, you know, a pin and pull, you're going to block down and pull around. But a scoop and pull, you're, you're still going for that reach. And then that guy's essentially reading, can you know, is he making the reach? Can I get around it, right? So that's talk to us a little bit about the way you do it there. You know, so our big thing is, is the way we've learned it, and it is – you know, we're, we're the old school outside zone. You you one man over, you want to take over, you know, all that, which we've kind of taken that and, and taken it to another level because our problem was is we would get there, but then we wouldn't get there in time to get that linebacker scraping over the top. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is is instead of passing him off, is if, if we've gotten there and taken him over and we have a good seal on him, why let him go to the next person? And so we've kind of taken that philosophy as if I'm, you know, if I'm a tackle and I've got a five, if I'm working to get outside and I do get outside of him and hooking him, instead of giving him up to the guard to go up, I'm going to seal it and that guard's pretty much going to be tracking that linebacker. He's going to he's gonna track that linebacker, and if that linebacker's there, he's going over the top, he's going to go over the top. So it looks as if we're pulling outside. You know, and it, and it could be if there's a three and a five, then they both do it, and now the center looks like he's coming around the outside. And it's a, it, we found a lot of success in it in, in the fact that – because we're looking for that lane, mm -hmm. any lane we can get. Now, if we can't, if we can't scoop, we're going to run you to the sideline, same as everybody else. But we're looking to where we're trying to get that seal and that get, and it's worked really well for us against the odd front teams because they'll shade to our H. Yeah. So we'll get a five and a one. And so we'll get there, and that center takes over the one, and we're tracking him, getting over the top. And, and then everybody likes to play games. So if they stunt to us, our guard takes over the five easily. Now we've got everything sealed, mm -hmm. kicking out, and now we have a huge run through lane, um, which is kind of our big thing, and, and we work it all the time, is that, you know, that first bucket step. You know, it's, it's everybody has to be on the same step, same page, same thing, because we've got to go to where we're getting out. 
and it, it's it's a great play. It's it's even better when you draw it up. I know it's hard to see, yeah, yeah. you know, when you just talk about it. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's one of those plays that we we have a lot of home run plays on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know going back to when we played Wimberley our second year, the year they played in the the state finals and lost to uh, I think Mount Pleasant or somebody. Shoot, I think we scored three times on that play. You know, it's just it's the same play. We just you know we ran it out of a super heavy set because that was what we were going to run that game because we wanted to slow the clock down. Didn't help because we scored 35 and they scored 40 something. But uh, you know that was kind of that was our big play against them. Yeah. You know, throughout the years it's been it's been a big hitter play for us. It'll go for five for five and then it'll go for 65. Right. right. You know, and that's kind of. If you have a, a running back that likes to stick foot and cut and break up fielders, it's a great play. It's it's not your traditional sweep. Everyone get outside. It's because what ends up happening is you get that seal on that five, and we our guard works around. He actually ends up just getting a piece of that linebacker, which ideally he ends up pushing him out, and it causes that run through. And that's the one yeah. we want to run through. Okay, I, I, I can see that now, and I'm visualizing it. Mm-hmm. And when I think back to when we installed our outside zone play and we we ran it different we were doing the overtake but i'm sure like us you guys rep the heck out of it and understand everything that can happen uh the the vision for the running back um what's the coaching point with this variation of it as he starts especially as he's seeing that guy get around so he's we we teach him to go you know three to five yards outside the tackle that's his aim point you know whether it's where he's beside or in pistol that's his aim point and when he gets to there if he's already gotten to there, he's going to keep going. He's working outside because that means the edge is sealed. But once he's gotten there, he's looking for the back. He's looking for that that tackle's numbers. If he can't see him, he's going outside. If he can see him, he's looking to cut. And that's a big, you know, we had, we had a great running back this year. I mean, he was awesome, phenomenal kid. But uh, he, and that's why we ran it so well, because of him. Because he was able to tell the difference of when – he overtook yeah. him, and when he was widening him. And, you know, heck, if it was different when we ran it to the right when we ran it to the left. When we ran it to the right, we were going to hook him 95% of the time. When we ran it to the left, we're going to widen him. But they were both great plays because we could get to a linebacker. And that's where that was our problem when we did it is I never could get on outside zone. I never could get to that play side linebacker. So then we had to come crack back in and do things like that with it. Well, now I'm killing a blocker outside to help inside which is why when I talked about that, it's almost like a scoop and pull type situation. You know, because if you run through, he's tracking you anyway. We'll just stick foot and knock you up, you know, and and we'll be in the hole with you. But it's when you scrape over the top. You can't ask a guard to get there when he goes underneath the block. Uh, You know, he's going underneath that hook. He can't get there. He'll run him every time. And that's where we changed it to this, to where we could get around and get a chance, because all we need is a piece. I don't ask him to pancake him. I ask him to get a piece. Let us get by. And so, and it's it's been a great play for us, and it's it's definitely one of our one of our top three plays. Now, in in looking at where you place the back, and you mentioned you know whether it's pistol or sidecar next to him, uh, you look at that though as something that's dependent upon what your quarterback can do. Where you're going to place? Yes, uh, it's a big to me. That's big on the quarterback. If I have a really great running quarterback, I want him beside him because then I can cue, I can fake you and run with the quarterback. I can do quarterback runs. We can do a whole lot of things that keep you from knowing where the ball's going. If I don't have a good quarterback that can run and I put him to the left, you know he can go really one way. He can go across. 
yeah, we can stick foot and come back and run same side, but it's still not the same action. You know, you kind of give a lot away when you put that running back beside you if you don't have a quarterback that can run. We stuck him in pistol this past year because I didn't want to run our quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, not that he wasn't a runner, I just didn't want to. Plus, I like not giving anything away. You know, heck, if we, if our quarterback's on the left and our H is on the right, and you know, you know I'm not running my quarterback, you know good and well we're probably running to the right. You know, I, there's not much I can hide. But if we're in pistol, now I can go right or left. I can pull GH, I can run, you know, outside zone, we can run power, we can run. You can do a lot more things in pistol if you're not going to run your quarterback. And yeah. so that's kind of our big – that's that's kind of how we judge, you know, whether we're going to be pistol or behind, which we've done both. Will you look at that in terms of, you know, your first team guy, second team guy? Do you do, you do that or is it all built around what the first team guy is going to do? It's built around the first team guy, but we work both. So we work them all year. We just have one that we're in 75% of the time comparative to – 25 percent of the time which like this year I believe we're you know we may be more beside but I'm not you know we're, we're still trying to figure it out we're not quite sure I think we'll be more beside I like what we can do there but I'm not gonna just I'm not just gonna guarantee that you know that's what we're gonna do it just depends man it's and but it is based around that first team guy you know especially yeah. high school football you sure. know, there's a drop-off. You know, yep. normally your first team guy is a quarterback. Your second team guy is a receiver or somebody you're going to have to go take and teach him how to play quarterback in the next couple of weeks. So in looking at uh, what's right around the corner for you here, heading into camp, uh, what's the philosophy for you as far as installing your offense? been a lot of, you know, over the last several years, uh, things that have become trendy, the three-day install or – uh, the four-day install, whatever it might be. How do you guys approach the installation? You know, our, our big thing is, is because we have so few things that we do and we've dumbed it down to just – not dumbed it down, I don't want to say that. We've we simplified it. We've simplified it to where it, our kids already know it. So we walk into day one and we can run our offense pretty much. Uh, now we do start over. We start from scratch like we do every year, mm-hmm. um, which we'll do – I'm trying to think. I think we do the. I, I believe in like a more of a a one two two one. Either it's one run, two quick game, two drop back, and then it doesn't necessarily have to be that. But we're gonna put five things in a day until we get everything in. So in looking at starting to put it in context, the situations, you know, because the game's always played in context. When when in the installation process do you start looking at those things? So we'll start the first couple of days. You don't have any pads on. It's not, you know, it's more just we're we're looking to get conditioning. We're looking to learn, you know, learn as quickly as you can, learn technique, learn your position, and then by the end of that week, that's when we start going into the the down distance. So we break it down by the day. So for instance, on Mondays our big third down day. You know, we do a lot of third and longs. What are we going to do? And we rep it. So we'll we'll talk about it on Saturday Saturday and Sunday mainly Sunday that you know hey third and th- seven to ten or seven plus these this is what we like this week this is it this is why this is so we'll go and practice that on Monday all third down third and long third and short you know and then and then Tuesday's a lot of first downs you know your openers you know you can't and in my opinion you know if I think in the first drive if you can 
get that first first down, it's important. It's the most important thing because I think I want to say statistically, I may be wrong. About half the time you score, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So if you can get that first first down, that's the most important thing. And so your your openers are big because your first and five is a lot better than first and fifth or second and second and five is better than second and fifteen. And looking at that, how much planning goes into those openers? How much time are you going to think about, you know what, this is this is what we need to start with this week. This is the sequence we should look at, et cetera. You know, the big, you know, one of my big things is why. You know, why why does this work? Why are we doing this? Why does why does the defense do this? Why, you know, and that's that's a big question on Sunday that we go through. You know, all my coaches will break down a specific position. So for instance, like you have defensive ends. So why did he chase? Well, try to figure out his rules to answer why. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or is he just doing it just because? Because we need to know the difference. You know, of 20, you know, counter plays where he's, you know, in conflict where he can either chase or sit, what's he going to do? Because going into it, I want to know what he's going to do. But that way I can already have an idea. And then when he starts doing what he's not supposed to, now we know. Now we can manipulate that. Now we can use it to our advantage. And so it's it's a big thing on me on – on the why, because you need to learn the why so you can learn the how, and how we're going to attack it, how we're going to do this. But you know, it just depends. You know, I'm a big slick stickler on the other team's defense. Mm-hmm. I want to know why they're doing everything. You know, are they a big pressure team early? Are they pressure late? Are they a stunt team? Do they like to play man? Do they want to play zone? Do they want to play? You know, I want to know the reasons. I want to try to get in the defense coordinator's head. That's what I've always done. So I've been a big, you know, not only defense coordinator but the kids. You know, I want to know that guy. The guy that has the most interceptions to me is the best guy to pick on, yeah. because that means he takes the most risk. Mm-hmm. And so I want I want to know who that guy is because I want to know if he's just a better athlete or if he is taking those risks. And and because there's a big difference. Sure. You know, if you're just a better athlete, you're gonna win. You're gonna win because you're better. But if you're winning, taking risks, now I can get you to do something you're not supposed to. Right. Right. You know, heck, you know. Uh, digs from the Cowboys led the league in interceptions. They also gave up a lot of big plays. <laughs> yep. You know, it's high risk, high reward. But I need to know who it is because that's the person I want to go pick on. You know, and I may lose. He may go get me once or twice. But and my thing is, I want to go get him three or four or five times. Mm-hmm. You know, who's really going to win overall? And that's kind of, you know, that's our big thing. So that's kind of what we base it on is. You know, and, and openers are big. I, we, you know, we normally put about 12 opener plays, which could be, you know, similar plays or just different formation or different ways to run. But, you know, it's openers are big. We, I like to script at least the first 10, 15 plays. Um, I like to have a plan for, you know, the first, you know, third downs and right, things right. like that. Now, once you get into a game, you get in a flow, you know, you kind of sometimes that stuff gets to the wayside. Not always, but – you know, if you're able to run power right, you know, for four yards every time and it's third and short, I know it says to run power left, but why would we run power yeah. left when we don't run power yeah. right? You know, and, and so, but, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in trying to not over game plan because I think you can, I think you can over game plan, but just have a great idea of what the defense is going to do. Yeah. So in, in looking at, you talk about your coaches, coming back to you looking at a certain guy knowing that does that carry over to the game day are those guys looking at the same guys then on the field yeah so for example like I said our H's are <clears throat> they do a lot with the defensive ends and as well as the linebackers but you know he's going to watch that defensive end 
you know, he's going to watch, you know, is he getting up the field? Is he trying to, you know, um, saloon door or kick out? Is he trying – what are they – what's that defensive end trying to do to us to get us off? Because they're trying to beat us just like we're trying to beat them. So, it's, you know, it's, it's like a fight. It's a counterpunch. What's he going to do to try to stop what we're good at? And, you know, that's, that's who they're directly supposed to be watching in the game. You know, so when I ask, hey, what the safety do this play? I know I go coach, to my OC, Coach Moreno. He's going to tell me exactly what the safeties were doing. You know, my O-line coach watches the tackles. You know, and we, you can't see everything. I'm not naive. I'm not saying he's going to be able to tell me exactly what both of them did on the opposite sides of the field. But they're, they're going to have an idea. They're going to yeah. know what they've been doing, what they do. And so that's directly correlated to who they have. And so we've broken it down like that because they should know everything about that kid and who the backups are. And, right. you know, they don't – heck, they should know them by name, their height, what grade they're in. You know, I want them to know everything you can know about this kid. Right. So we can have an advantage. Because that's really what it's all about is we're trying to get an advantage over a 14- to 18-year-old <laughs> kid, you know. And, and it sounds bad, but that's that's the truth. Yes. And so – yeah, I like that approach. Well, you know, we started off with talking about the weight room, and I want to bring it back to that now, looking at your approach through camp and then into the season. What kind of things change in there, if any, or what tweaks are you looking at to keep that what it is to you guys? Because obviously it's an important part. So we'll keep – so going into week one, we keep the weight room exactly as it's been. We'll go five days a week. Um once we get into the season, we cut it back a little as far as days of the week getting in there. So I'm a big believer in rest, you know. So we'll go Monday, Wednesday, which we'll we'll go all out. We don't we don't lighten it. We just cut back on the days, and then so we'll go Monday, Wednesday. We used to come up Saturday or Saturdays, but I know it sounds bad, but I got so many kids that plant strawberries. Poteet is the strawberry capital of Texas. And we would get kids working. Well, I can't hold it against the kid. He's working with his family and family farms. And, and I'm, you know, you start looking around, and you got 13, 14 kids there. You know, you're just going to have to do it all again on Monday. So we, instead of doing that, we just stop coming in on Saturdays, give the kids a break. We send everything through huddle. And we, we, go, we went back to two days a week. But those two days are just like we are in the offseason. It's, it's our full workout. And it's been great to us because we, we don't necessarily gain, but we don't lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're, we're back to two days. We go to two days a week, which, you know, in the, to me, I'd like three days, but two days in the end of the world, and especially since we wouldn't get half of them there anyway on the weekend. Well, you shared a, a lot of great stuff with us here today. And just looking at what you do as a coach, as a guy leading this program, and you know, obviously you've done an outstanding job. What would you say is the one thing you do as a coach on or off the field that gives your guys the winning edge? I mean, I'm a, it's putting together a great group of coaches, man. That's, that's the best thing that I think I've done at Poteet. It's, it's been, you know, probably the easiest thing I've done. You know, I hired uh, a great defensive coordinator day one. You know, he's been coaching with me and been a friend of mine. Heck, my mom taught him in school. He taught my sister, coached with my dad, coached with me. So, you know, Coach Valedio and I have been together for a long time, and, and we've just brought in great people and great coaches and, and people that want to win and be successful and want to learn. And because and that's the biggest thing we've learned a long time ago is, you know, especially that first year, not a knock on any coaches. It's just, you know, heck, we were teaching the coaches more than we were teaching the kids because – 
it's two people, two, three, you know, it was three of us. It was, I brought in myself, Coach Valerio and Coach McCourse. And the three of us, you know, we were really the only ones that knew what was going on going into camp because we were there for two weeks. You know, you can only teach people as much as you can in two weeks. And that was our big thing was, you know, we said after that year, we've got to just coach everybody. You got to get the coaches coached up way before the kids. And that's what we've done, I believe, a great job in is just getting great coaches in and coaching them up and, and then letting them coach, you know. I teach you how to do it, and I see you're doing a great job. I need to leave you alone, you know, let you do your thing. If there's something I don't like, I'll, t I'll pull you into my office and we'll talk about it. But let those guys do their job. If they're doing a great job, then tell them they're doing a great job, you know, and that's kind of our big thing. And, heck, that's the only reason why I'm on that 40 for 40 is because i got a great staff. Yeah. You know, and then I'd be naive to say I did it. We joked at lunch today. I was going to come in here and say I do everything on my own, and I'm the only person. You know, but no, it's 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 the complete opposite. There's days that, you know, the night and day from day one. That first year, and me and Coach Slater and Coach McCourt didn't take a day off. We were there all all year, all off season, and then it slowly got to where, hey, I can go to this clinic. Hey, I can go do this. Hey, you know, I had a baby. I can be out for a week with my baby. You know, because you trust the people that are running your program and then when you're not there. And that's been our biggest – that's been my biggest thing is put together a great staff and don't be afraid to hire people smarter than you because there are a lot of people smarter than me, but I'm not afraid to hire them and learn from them and steal from them. Heck, that's what everybody does, man. You just steal from everybody. And that's that would be my biggest piece of advice to anybody doing it is don't be afraid. Now, don't be naive. Don't let somebody come in and steal your job, but – don't be afraid to hire someone because they may be smarter than you or may, yeah. be, may know more than you. Heck, if, if you're a better OC than me, then you call the plays. That means I get to sit back and watch us win. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's, that, that's been my biggest thing is I, I, I've hired a great staff. And, then, and I've, we lost a few good, really good ones this year, and we replaced them with ones that are just as good. You know, a couple of them are really green, but we're going to get them coached up and ready to go and ready for that first day. So. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I mean, we're on Twitter. If you have a question, my door is always open, but Twitter is probably the easiest way because everybody's got one nowadays. Um, I think it's Coach House 03. Just shoot me a message if you want me to if you want to draw me to draw it up, send you some clips on film. You know, we've done a great job of running it. I got a few clips saved because, you know, I've given it to a lot of my buddies. That's the best way to do it is probably Twitter. Awesome. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time here taking a time out from coaching school and best of luck to you your staff and your kids this year thank you thank you for having me i've had a great time